GalaxyCon Live is the place for you to hear about fandom from the celebrities who bring geek culture to life. Welcome, friends and fans, to another episode of GalaxyCon Live, where we are bringing the convention experience directly to you. We hope you're all having a wonderful holiday season, and today we hope to continue that spirit because we are going under the sea through a poor provincial town and along the way discover a whole new world with the voices of three Disney princesses. And now's the time for all of you in our chat room to begin typing in your questions for them. Immediately after this session, you will have the opportunity to talk to them directly through our private chat options, as well as shop our selection of personalized autographs, all of which are available now at GalaxyCon.com. So without further ado, let's wish upon a star and bring out today's royalty. Our first guest is an actress and singer whose body of work includes The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, Camp Laszlo, and the highly undervalued series The Pirates of Darkwater. Today, she joins us as the voice of Princess Ariel and the Little Mermaid. Please welcome back the always delightful Jody Benson. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. Hey. <laughs> Good to see you, Patty. How are you? I am so well. Good to see you again. Thank you for joining us again. Our, our last conversation was so wonderful. Yeah. It's so glad to have you back. Thank you so much. I'm so thrilled to be here with my my sweet, sweet friends. Absolutely. And speaking of, let's bring out our next guest. She is an actress, singer, and an artist whose credits include The Twisted Tales of Felix the Cat, Mona the Vampire, and The Legend of Prince Valiant. Today, she joins us as the voice of Belle in Beauty and the Beast. Please welcome Paige O'Hara. Hi, everybody. Happy New Year. Almost Happy New Year. Indeed. <laughs> How are you today? I'm great, Patty. How are you? I am good. I am good. Uh, there's a kinship between us. We are both uh, South Floridians uh, at heart. Um, although you're you're from Lauderdale, I'm from Coral Springs. Don't hold that against me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You have you have some spectacular art uh, behind you. Is that uh, your work? Yes, this is one of mine right here. Uh, called Far Off Places. Can you see it now? My head is in the yeah. way. <laughs> It's one of my top sellers. Thank you for mentioning it. I appreciate it. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. We're all about this way, too. And uh, yeah, I, I, I've seen your art and seen your art in action. And we have some images we may share again later. But uh, truly uh, a good eye and good composition. And um, yeah, very. Uh, Thank you so much. And, I've actually been an artist longer than I've been a singer and actress. I started painting when I was three years old. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely outstanding. Uh, and speaking of artists, our next guest and royalty. She is an actress whose body of work includes Runaway Bride, Trinity, and Childhood's End. Today, she joins us as the speaking voice of Princess Jasmine and Aladdin. Please welcome Linda Larkin. Yay. Hi. 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 Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, so good to have you. How's your how's your holiday season been? It's been good. It's been quiet. We've we've stayed home and we didn't travel for the first time ever that I can ever remember. My family lives in Minnesota. My husband's family my husband's family lives in Miami. So we have a South Florida connection as well. Awesome. To Patty and Paige. Um, but this year we stayed in New York. Ah, absolutely fair. You have some uh, really nice uh, artwork uh, behind you. Where did you <laughs> this was a gift to me from Miss Paige O'Hara at the 2019, was it 2019, D23? No, it's crazy. Was that just a year ago? It was a year ago. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Crazy. I, it's, it a blur. it's a blur. <laughs> Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. 
it kind of started out so oh, okay well richmond was a great show we'll see you at the next one and uh, but right, right. <laughs> rich oh, did you say richmond richmond yeah the richmond, richmond show yeah. was the last show it was the last weekend of february it was our, it was our last galaxy con show and there were several other shows and the conventions are on hold, but and we have to look forward to the day when the world unspools itself, gets a little bit back to normal, and absolutely we look forward to having you back on our stages and getting you back in front of your fans. Mm-hmm. But until absolutely. that time, we have the GalaxyCon virtual stage, and, uh, <laughs> and again, technology has given us this awesome forum. Our team right now is going through the chat room, pulling out the questions. In the meantime, uh, we just want to open up some stuff, but first and foremost, I just want to say um, thank you. Thank you for for what you've done and continue to do all these years. Uh, you uh, you were part of the uh, Disney, uh, I won't say uh, epoch, but uh, a, a vital point in Disney where it was at its crossroads and it could have gone one direction and all of you helped guide it in the direction that it is now. Uh, for both myself as a Disney actor for 13 years, thank you for saving the company back then so I could have my employment. And most of all, thank you for all the smiles. Thank you for enjoyment. And Everything that you've done is a credit to you as actresses. So oh. I absolutely, I thank you for your talents. I thank you for your professionalism. And I thank you for these performances. Thank you, Patty. You're very welcome. You're, you. You're very welcome. And uh, uh, for the sake of our audience who may not know, I just love to hear how individually, how, how these roles came to you. And if we go in chronological order, I think, Jody, we would go with you first. Well, you have to really remember, this was a long, long time ago. <laughs> um, I, you know, I can make a long story very, very short. I was doing an ill-fated Broadway musical called Smile by Howard Ashman and Marvin Hamlish. They wrote a song for my character of Doria Hudson called Disneyland. And on opening night um, of our party at Studio 54 back in the day, uh, they surprised me and Mickey Mouse came out at opening night party and came up on stage and brought me up and he gave me the keys to the kingdom to Disneyland. So I'm an honorary citizen of Disneyland for the rest of my life. So fast forward, the show closes tragically after six weeks and Howard felt so badly for all the girls that he invited all 16 of us to audition for The Little Mermaid. Didn't know what we were doing. Um Went to the audition and I hit, you know, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing at all. A good old fashioned reel to reel at a studio in New York City and press record and play. And I just laid down like five lines. And then I had a cassette tape of Howard singing Part of Your World. So I imitated him and I did a little bit of that song. And then a year later, I got a call saying it was between myself and one of the other girls and Smile. And I was like, oh, that's, that's really fun. That's great. And then some more time went by and then I got a call that I had gotten it. But I, at that point, like a year and a half had gone by and I kind of completely forgot about the audition. And uh, so just, you know, got a page on my little pager and with my roll of quarters mm-hmm. in um, Manhattan and went to a payphone and my agent said, you got this thing. And I'm like, what's this thing? I, I, I literally had forgotten about it because I was just doing other stuff, you know? And um, so That was my story and started flying back and forth between New York and LA. When I told people or my family what I was doing, they're like, well, are you in the movie? I'm like, no. Oh, you know, it wasn't a good, it wasn't a good job back then. You know, it wasn't a good job. It's voiceover is what you did when your career was on the back half and you were tanking and, you know, nothing good was happening. So I just stopped telling 
my family and friends about it. And they weren't ever going to announce who we were. They were just going to roll the credits at the end, just like they did for Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella. And you weren't going to be able to pick who the voices were because they wanted to focus on the film and not on the people that were actually doing the voices. So it was just a job. And I went back to do a Broadway show and, you know, kind of forgot about it. So then they, they sent it out on a press tour. I went on a press tour, which I didn't really understand why I was doing that because we were supposed to be hidden. And then boom, the movie came out. So it was just, everything was a huge surprise and that's what made it oh so special. So here we are 34 years later <laughs> chatting about it today. So <laughs> obviously God had a whole other plan for my life than what I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's the story. All right. And for the case of our younger audience, a cassette tape was like a <laughs> size of a phone that if you put it in a box, it would play music or spoken word. And there used to be these things called pay phones where you took a coin and that's how you kind of call somebody because you didn't have a mobile phone. Or if you did have one, it was the size of a cinder block. Okay. And <laughs> no mobile phones. No, none of that. So yeah. None of that. None of that. Back in the dark ages. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. And I often say that... Uh, I think Oliver and Company kind of uh, kind of found the door. I think Little Mermaid opened it, and then Beauty and the Beast walked through. So, and Paige, we come to you. Yeah, and actually, because of your success, Jody, with Little Mermaid, I was actually really excited about Beauty and the Beast auditions because you guys had set the you know the groundwork, and uh, and there again, Howard Ashman and Ella Macon, and I auditioned with. 500 other actresses at least. I think it might have been a little more than that. And I remember auditioning and then the little cassette tape in the room, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, this is too crazy. <laughs> but I, mine happened really quickly. Um, it was in a matter of two weeks. And I auditioned wow. six times. And each audition, there would be more and more people to the finally, the final audition, even, you know, everyone was there, including Mr. Eisner and everybody. So it was, uh, it was crazy. And literally the, the final audition, I came home and I had a, a voicemail on my answering machine and it was David Friedman, the conductor saying, Paige, we got to set keys for Beauty and the Beast. And I went, set keys? Oh my God, that means I got the job. I was like, my agent didn't know yet. So it was really, it was a really amazing experience. And, you know, it's uh we knew we knew it was going to be a hit when we um, did the unfinished version for the New York critics, um, and they all stood up for ten minutes. That's when we knew there's something really special here. So absolutely, I know. I know Michael Eisner. Some people look at him a certain way, but I, I, I will always be one of his staunchest defenders, and I will just say. Uh, he he made a few mistakes at the end, but he did far more successes and more things right than, than oh, his, his critics mm-hmm. now sort of tend to, to unfail, unfairly lump upon him. So, yeah. well, you know what? With him and Jeffrey Katzenberg, they they brought back the the animated fi- feature, and truthful, truthfully, we really owe it to Alan Menken and Howard Ashman because yeah. they persuaded them to do. Little Mermaid. I mean, they really persuaded and actually uh, Howard Coke produced it. So think of that Little Mermaid movie. It never happened. All these films in the last 30 years wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then we move on to Linda and, and Aladdin. So when Aladdin was first auditioning, Beauty and the Beast wasn't out yet. So the Little Mermaid had come out, had been a huge hit, but we didn't know if that was like the beginning of a new trend or if that was just 
a singular one-off special Disney event. And we didn't know much about Beauty and the Beast yet. We, the general public, Disney knew what they were doing and they knew what they had. But it was, you know, probably a year from coming out when I first auditioned for Aladdin. So if I had known the big job I was auditioning for, I think I would have been really nervous. (laughs) And because it was a voiceover job, I wasn't really that nervous the first time I went in. I studied the sides in the car on the way to the audition. An actress friend of mine who was also auditioning picked me up because we were driving out to Glendale. So we carpooled and she had a fax machine, which you might also explain for the audience. (laughs) (laughs) She had a fax machine. So she got the sides ahead of time. So she'd already read them the night before, but I read them in the car on the way there. And it was just me and Albert Tavares, the casting director in a little sound booth. And Mm -hmm. I went in and I left and I didn't hear anything for a month. And I too didn't think about it much because it wasn't, I didn't know really what it was that I was auditioning for. I had no idea. And even after the movies came out, I don't think any of us could have predicted that this would be the next 30 years of our lives. We we just never could have known that. It it was yeah. it was a different environment back then. It was it was just you you didn't know what was going to emerge from this renaissance in Disney history. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for our audience, a fax machine was like an email (laughs) machine, uh, but you had to shove in thin strips of wood, sometimes called paper. And at the other end, it would spit out the wood and you have to read it on the the paper. (laughs) And don't try to save it because it disappears after a couple of years because it would just fade to nothing. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, especially yeah. it Greek. We ran into the roll to kink up, and you have to. It was like a scroll. Yeah, very yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, much so. Well, ladies, our audience, uh, Bruce, let me know we're already good to go on our audience questions. So let's go ahead and roll our first one. And this comes from Adrienne, and they would like to know: Are there any traits that you learned from your Disney princesses, princess, that you apply in your own lives? Uh, Paige, let's start with you. Mm-hmm. Disney traits. Well, it's really strange because my, my hair was a really long and a mess back then and in my face. And I would constantly, you know, push the hair, the hair out of my face. And they incorporated that. Of course, the artists, they're so brilliant. They just take what you do and then they make it a reality. And uh, that was the one that that was uh, <laughs> that was kind of strange. And in terms of learning from her, um, there are a lot of things that would take a lot about an hour to explain that I learned from Linda Wolverton, who wrote. The, the screenplay. Um, there's a lot of Linda in Bell, and that we'll talk about that more hopefully on my one-on-one. Look forward to it, <laughs> uh, Jody. How about you? You know the the traits of Ariel that I think we kind of share the most are sort of a fiery personality, a <laughs> little bit of stubbornness, um, but a real tenacious spirit. That's something that I've had my whole life kind of what I was born with, I think, that there's not really a closed door. I'll just keep knocking on it until it kind of gives way a little bit. And uh, so I think those are sort of the traits that Ariel and I share with each other. Um, The trait that I feel like I learned from her is to um, 
stand up at all costs, even when it's upsetting to somebody else. And that's, that's a hard one for me because I'm, I'm a bit of a people pleaser. I don't like to rock the boat. I don't like to upset people. But I think there's a way to speak truth with love so that you don't necessarily hurt somebody, but you also don't give way to what you believe is right for you. So that, that's a quality I definitely learned from, from Ariel. Nice. Very nice. And Linda, bring us home. Well, Jasmine was all about love and standing up for what she believed in. And she was really courageous and brave and challenged the laws of the land. She challenged the beliefs that she was born into. And I really feel like for Jasmine, she was born into a certain environment and she broke free of it. And and the movie really is that theme of freedom plays throughout the movie with every character. The genie wants to be free. Yes, no, it just freedom being a theme of that story for, for all of us. We were all trying to break free of the of the circumstances that we were trapped in. And and this was something you know, for me, I I grew up until I was eight years old with a single mom in a large family in northern Minnesota in a very isolated place. And what my life became, the, the circumstances that I, I started with and how they changed over time and, and how I I really leaned in to doing the thing that wasn't maybe comfortable, that was a little riskier, but what would would lead me by what I loved and and you know where I wanted to to expand my life and circumstances, that's where Jasmine and I really we get each other. I got her because I understood what that was like to be trapped and to want to break free of it. Yeah. Yeah, you raise an interesting point because all three of your characters uh they have a very, they have a very interesting relationship with each of their fathers, and mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's sometimes it's easy to say like, oh well, all three of them are rebels, and I never looked at them like that. They're not rebels, they're not rebelling against sisters. They're just growing. They're growing into mm-hmm. their own. Per- and and the themes and all of them, and I've seen this through my best friend and then through my goddaughters as they've gotten older. It's it's all about from the dad's perspective, all about. You guide them, you protect them, and then, mm-hmm. yeah, you have to not let them go, but you have to let them be themselves. And the but, all, and, and, all three yeah, of the dads go through that arc. They what? All three of the dads go through that arc themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. What I was going to say as well, they they really, as these characters expand, they expand the lives of everyone around them. As they grow, their fathers grow. Their, yeah. their fathers mm-hmm start to think of the world in a, in a new way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, that's why they're called family films, because it's not just centralized characters. Some of the other ancillary characters as supporting characters. Again, they have their arcs too, whether it's as simple as I don't want to get thrown in the steaming pot to uh, we want to be human again and whatever. And this is, this was the level that the differentiated uh, uh, <laughs> your era of Disney films 
I think that I think that was the biggest error I think from the classic Disney films. Not to to, to criticize them or any way, but they were focused mm-hmm. on the one character getting to the end of that, and the dwarves kind of stayed the same. They didn't have a goal, but all mm-hmm. the sporting characters and yours certainly did, which it gives mm-hmm. it just enriched it. So, and Adriana, thank you. That was a wonderful question to start us off with. What do we have next? Uh, from Laura, what advice do you have to aspiring Disney princesses out there? I go first. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, when we when all of us girls were together for D23, when it was the uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet um, surprise mm-hmm. preview. There was the theme that was going on at that point was dream big princess. And at first, when I heard that phrase, I was like, is that sort of cheesy? Like, you know, like we were saying it for promos behind the scenes and all of us girls were dancing and shooting these videos and saying fun things. But then, you know, it's like I kind of got home and started thinking about that phrase. And I thought, I get that now. It's not just like a promotional phrase. And now I find myself using it, <laughs> you know, when I'm, when I'm teaching, even virtually, if I'm coaching virtually, I'm saying to people and I'm saying to, to our children, you do need to dream big. You, you, you do need to dream outside of the box. And I think growing up in Illinois in a small town, never having seen a show, never having been in a show, never having sung in front of people. And all of a sudden I have this thing like, Hey, I think I'd like to find out what it would be like to sing, dance, and act on Broadway. I mean, it's like, what? where did that come from? You know, never seen anything or heard anything about it. I had like an LP of a chorus line, and that was it. Um, an LP is a big radio, you know, big record. People don't know what an LP is, but... Big wax, <laughs> see, a big wax disc. That makes it a big rat, waxy disc that we find. Um, but... I I thought, I thought, you know what, I was dreaming big in Rockford, Illinois, and nobody taught me how to do that. It was just something inside of me. So that's something that I, I do want to encourage young people, especially now in 2020 and crazy times that we live in. We do still have to have our dreams. We do still have to cling on to some type, type of, of hope for the future. And uh so that's that's something that I I would like to encourage people to do. So it's okay to dream big. It's it's good. It's good. We have Absolutely. we have to have that. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, Paige, how about you? Well, you know, I unlike Jody, I actually was exposed to the theater when I was really young. I started going to acting class when I was a little girl, and um, my mother taught Shakespeare. But uh, I, she also had great taste in music, and I would sing with Judy Garland, and she bought all the show albums. So I knew from the time I was five years old that I wanted to sing and, and act on Broadway. And uh, at 17, I graduated high school early. I, I went to New York. My mom and my father were a little petrified about that idea, but I was determined, and that was my dream. But it was something I had my whole life. I think in some ways I was very lucky that I knew from a very young age what I wanted and started working towards that with my voice and my acting um, from when I was little. But I think if you're, if you would want my advice on a Disney princess, you just got to do the homework. You need to be, you know, be your best as a singer, as an actor, um, a dancer, whatever, but predominantly you need to really um, 
hone on your skills as an actress and a singer. And, uh, uh, and then when the time comes, you'll be prepared when you have that audition. It's really about being prepared and being there, of course, being at the right place at the right time. But if you're not prepared, then you could go, oh, my gosh, what did I do? I blew it. You know, and you don't ever want that to be the case. You want to be able to go out there, audition and be your best that you can possibly be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Linda, bring us home. Yes. Expanding on that, I think working hard at whatever you do, it spills over into new things you discover along the way. So as a very little girl, I would my Disney storybooks that were little records, read-along storybooks, I would practice, practice, practice all day long doing the voices of the characters in my read-along storybooks. I didn't know why. It was just something that I loved and I would do along with them. Then as I got a little bit older, I started dancing and I worked really, really hard at dancing. I, I loved it. It was It was something I did seven days a week. 365 days a year. My friends would go to the beach in the summer. I would stay home and put on my toe shoes and put on music and practice. And when I started acting, I applied that same discipline to my acting. So I brought all of that hard work into this opportunity that came up out of the blue to audition for a Disney princess. So I think whatever you're working on in the moment, apply that work ethic to it. And if you have an opportunity to do something new, exciting, challenging, if you apply that same work work ethic, you have an opportunity to really make an impact. Disney princesses are not born into it. They must work towards it. <laughs> which is a, which a, a dichotomy on, on the definition, traditional definition of royalty. But uh, there you go. And Laura, good luck in your quest. Uh, what do we have next? Uh, from Jeannie, what was it like to come back in Rick Ralph 2 with all the other princesses? <laughs> which broke the internet for that day. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, Laura, Linda, how about you? That was such a huge surprise for all of us. It was really like, it was just one surprise after the other. The first call saying that they were bringing us all back for the movie, I was like, oh my gosh, we get to reprise our characters in a Disney animated feature. We didn't think that was in the cards at all. I know I didn't. It was it was a total shock. I love that picture. And then when I'm taking a picture of the picture. It's so great. <laughs> it's so great. And then in 2017, when they they brought us to um, D23 to surprise everyone to present this scene to all of the D23 attendees, first of all we got to be with each other, which we'd only gotten to do a little bit at these yeah. live events at Comic-Cons. This was the first time we really got to come together for a Disney event because we'd all been in our own world and we took turns having our films released, having them be promoted, and we never got to do it at the same time. When they brought all of us on stage one at a time, the collective effervescence in that room for all of us was it was just beyond yeah. beyond what anyone that's, would say. 
<laughs> it was it was incredible. It it really I I remember feeling so overwhelmed and so grateful mm. to be a part of this really special group of distinguished young women and mm. we we were really grateful to be going through it together. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yes. Jody, how about you? Well, it was it was a magical day. Um, I, I was just beside myself. <laughs> I truly felt like I just couldn't contain myself the whole day. Um, and, and it was it was very emotional, you know, very emotional just to look around and realize this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, and that we're all gathered here together. And um, you know, I was the uh, the oldest princess there. As far as, uh, you know, with Ariel, because we have Sleeping White, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, Cinderella. But uh, but then it was, it's Ariel. So it's like walking out on stage and then watching each girl come out afterwards and looking at this long line. And of course, it yeah. ending with, you know, Paige, and we've been friends for over 40 years. And, you know, so to look down the line and see me at the front and Paige at the end and all of these magical women in between. It was, yeah, it was mind blowing. <laughs> I was just trying not to cry the whole day, you know, but I mean, I just felt like it did just something around and my family was with me and that was super magical to have them there and have the kids kind of experience this and sort of see this longevity and, and the lineage and the legacy of these, of these gals. It was, it was a once in a lifetime that, you know, we'll never forget. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Paige, anything to add? They, they put it perfectly. They said everything that I feel. So I'm going to say, ditto to both of you. Um, <laughs> we'll just keep talking about it, Jody. I don't know what's up with me. I'm getting like crazy. Uh, right now. Um, this is a weird time right now. Uh, but uh I just, uh, I, I, I will never forget it. I, when they first mm -hmm. called us to do the job, though, didn't we all think they were kidding? I mean, I they've I never princesses to be in the same story before. I'm not allowed yeah. to paint the princesses in the, on the same canvas um, to Disney Fine Art. It's all very, been very restricted. So yeah. it was really a, a wonderful surprise. And like Linda and Jody, it was just very emotional, you know. And I, you know, and I'm the oldest of the girls that played. Played the princesses. Yeah, I'm actually older than Jody. Yes, I am. But but, but just a couple of years. <laughs> but it's it was just uh, a number. It I doesn't just, matter. We can buy it. We can buy it, don't we, girl? So that's it right. was. Uh, that's right. And some of the girls, you know, that were that were some of the princesses are one, ones that I totally admired and never met before. You know, right. you know, Kristen Bell and Mandy Moore. I mean, a bunch of them. I was just so thrilled. I was yeah. sort of starstruck. You know. So it was, it was, I was a fangirl that day as well. But, you know, it was so interesting. There was a little bit of life imitating art backstage. So we were all getting ready in the green room. All of the voices of the princesses were doing the same things that in Wreck-It Ralph, the backstage princesses are doing. We yeah. were sharing dresses and accessories and, you know, <laughs> picking each other's teeth for lipstick. Oh, and wow. Was, yes, we were actually exchanging dresses. The funny yes. thing was, is that there was this lovely um, Disney stylist who had, uh, you know, this rack of dresses. And so those of us that didn't have anything, we went into this trailer 
and we all started switching and swapping and trading and trying on and and we all ended up with ones that weren't supposed to be ours and ended up with somebody else's and yeah. so it was really funny I didn't think about that life imitating art <laughs> there, are, there are pictures wow. of me backstage pictures of me in the dress that Irene wore on stage which is which was my dress so Irene I'm wore the dress that, that I was supposed to wear. But then when we yeah. got there, Irene's didn't really work for her. And I'm like, well, just take this one because I'll find something else on the rack. I don't care. And so that's kind of how it all started. It was like <laughs> little girl dress up there. It was. Uh, it was. It was. And we were like, oh, you look so cute in that. And you're like, oh, thank you. <laughs> it was It was really, it was really cool. And then we had Oli'i, who was 16 at the time yeah. and the movie oh had God. just come out and she was so organized and she was so on point we were all like oh, she's really we're gonna line us up for a picture and we were all kind of like didn't know where to go and Oli was like why don't we all stand the way they had us on stage and we we're like great I know who's on my left I know who's on my right so <laughs> lined up perfectly for a picture I was like this girl's a pro I did the Annie Awards with her. We presented Best Picture and we both had our lines changed at the last second. She was right on top of it. She's just totally professional and so, so um, mature for her age. She's, I'm a huge fan of Ali E. She's adorable. Mm -hmm. Wow. Very, very proud of your, your youngest sister, right? Then. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Jeannie, that was a wonderful question. Thank you so much. And a reminder to our audience, if you would like to chat with our princesses like I am now or purchase a personalized autograph, please sign up at galaxycon.com. And let's go ahead and roll another one. And this comes from Patty. What? What? Uh, and, <laughs> and then, and they, would like, they would like to know which Disney princess outfit is your favorite? Hmm. Not counting the ones you wore on, on stage. We're talking. <laughs> okay. Okay, Jasmine. Okay, I'm going to say a Jasmine outfit, but it's not Jasmine's main outfit. I love Jasmine's red outfit. So Mm -hmm. she's got a really, really cool red two piece. And I, I love that one. And sometimes a fan will bring a picture of that for me to sign. I don't see it very often. And then occasionally I'll see a pop in the red outfit. And pretty. I love them. That's my favorite Jasmine outfit. Yeah. Nice. How about you, Jody? Well, for Ariel, it's going to be when she's a mermaid. You know, I, I do like all her human dresses. They're very pretty. But in my heart, you know, it, it, it's her as a mermaid. That's absolutely my favorite. And as far as another Disney princess costume, um, I really love um, Belle's final costume of Beauty and the Beast, the gold and oh gosh, that's so pretty. Love that. When I see that at Walt Disney World, I always want to get my picture taken <laughs> with the gold outfit on. So pretty. Aww. Well, I think my favorite bell dress is the pink one with the burgundy cape. Because I, I think I'm just partial to that because of I love the scene so much. The something there playing in the snow and the cape. And, you know, in terms of other princesses, though, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty partial. I love painting Cinderella's ball gown. Mm, it's really fun to pay it's really detailed for back then i mean considering they have to do the you know so much in the film all the little details of the dress now that i'm an artist and i'm painting yeah how many how many shades of blue i mean i know alone 
multiple shades of it. It's really amazing. Yeah. So I think that's not one of my other favorites. I love it. Very well. I like all of the princess outfits. That's uh, <laughs> I'm the moderator. It's my job to be in the middle. And Patty, thank you. That was a great question. And what do we have next? From Anonymous. Oh, what was the first Disney movie you remember watching? Oh, that's yes. Mary Poppins. Mary uh, Poppins. Oh my gosh. It's still my favorite film of all time. Uh, and I got to spend the weekend hanging out with Julie Andrews at one point. That was like the most amazing weekend of my life. But wow. yes, Robbins is the reason I went into show business. I was a little mm-hmm. kid and um, it's still my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. How about you? Beautiful. Mine's Cinderella. Grew up with Cinderella. Loved, loved the story, loved the costumes, loved the music. Uh, it was the first time I saw it was the wonderful world of Disney on Sunday night with Walt in, uh, I think it was even in black. Was it in black and white? No, it must've been in color. Yeah, wonderful world of Disney. I love Cinderella. The wonderful world of color, color, color. <laughs> Back again, for those of you who don't know, that was a big deal. DV sets were black and white, and Walt Disney was the first one. We're just going to show stuff in color if you have a color TV. Yep, yep. What about you, Linda? Yeah. Your so I, I'm so glad you said that about um, the Disney Sunday night show, because I remember my first animated film being Snow White but I was like how would I have seen Snow White and it was probably on yep. TV yep yeah so that was the one that I remember being my first and favorite as a little girl I loved 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 the story uh I loved all the animals I loved the dwarfs and Snow White and just her kindness and everything I just I I was captivated that was a, a magical movie for me absolutely absolutely anonymous thank you wonderful question uh what do we have next and one from adriana what were some of your mentors growing up Hmm. Hmm. any takers or should i call it somebody um my mother my mother was my mentor she was a brilliant director and teacher and very colorful those of you who know the the story of Auntie Mame. My mother was sort of Auntie Mame. Very mm. bright, very beautiful, very colorful, and extremely smart. And she um, she encouraged me. She also was very honest with me when I wasn't when I wasn't good enough or wasn't trying hard enough. She would push me, and I'm glad she did. Um, my mom, Joyce Hall, ran a performing mm. arts high school in Fort Lauderdale with Alan mm. Hill, and uh, Alan Hill's still one of my best friends. And I'm very grateful for what my mother did for me. I miss her every day, but I think of her every day. So yeah. she was the number one for me. How about That's you, Jody? What do you, think? you know, I think um, my sister kind of taught me how to to sing and play the guitar when I was like nine. And we used to play the guitar at church together. Um, she's six years older than I am. And that was just such a, a wonderful, wonderful memory of just sitting on the floor in the living room, playing our little guitars together and creating little harmonies and stuff when I didn't know what I was doing. And just always so, 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 so encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. Just great memories. Fair, fair. And Linda, bring us home. For me, it was 
my mom, my grandma, and my dance teacher. These mm-hmm. were the three women who had a huge impact in my life. All, all three of them, my mom and my dance teacher, business women. Um, my grandma was a bartender for 42 years. My grandma worked so hard. My mom worked so hard. My dance teacher worked so hard. And they all inspired me to have that work ethic. And, and they were all very serious about what they did. And I am a very whimsical person that is very serious about what I do. So I, I may seem like I don't take things seriously, but, but I really do. And I, and I am deeply passionate about my friends, my family, my work. And I really feel like I got that from three very important women in my life. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice, Adrienne. Thank you. Wonderful question. Uh, I think we're time for one, maybe two more. Let's see what we can get through. What's our next one? Uh, from Sydney. Ooh, uh, what are your resolutions <laughs> for 2021? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've learned not to plan anything because (laughs) it all turns out differently than I thought. Um, I would I would say to learn from this year and and to really go forward with peace and positivity and just to stay healthy and and safe and and really enjoy every day yeah every day that we have yeah so true you know if uh, for me it's um this past year has made me realize how important my family and my friends are and not being able to see them um has been really difficult for me i i find myself getting so sad sometimes and just um i think this is this year coming up we're all gonna have vaccines when we have our vaccines i want to spend more time more time with my family and my friends. That's my resolution. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Very good. Very good. I, I echo everything you guys are saying. It's It's been hard to uh, not see family. You know, my mom is 90 and to not have Christmas with her and the kids was so painful, you know, to, to FaceTime. But again, I think what we've learned as a family this year is to savor every moment, enjoy every moment. <laughs> find daily joy and laughter. We, we, we play games almost every day and find a way to laugh because joy and laughter are great healing medicine for me. Yeah. Um, really a lot of healing. Yeah. And I think learning to have joy in spite of our circumstances, um, right. not necessarily, it hasn't been a joyful year by any means, but I think what we've tried to do as a family is to find the joy in spite of everything that's going on. So I agree with Paige. The first thing uh, that I would like to do and whenever I'm in line for the vaccine is uh, I'd like to see my mom. (laughs) I'd like to see my family. Yeah, that's hard. That's really hard. And, you know, I'm grateful for this technology. This This is a gift. And I'm grateful that we have it, but it's going to be really wonderful when we can actually touch people. <laughs> I, I haven't hugged. I haven't hugged my mom in a year, and uh, yeah, I, I absolutely. I mean, I'll talk talk to her on this, talk to her about that, but yeah, no, yeah, it's not the yeah. same. 
we we kiss the camera. You know, we all lean in and <laughs> do that <laughs> as best we can, right? But uh, here's, yeah. to a, here's to a new year. Here's to January. Woo! So excited. Really, the new year. Absolutely. Uh, Cindy, thank you. Wonderful question. Uh, my resolution for 2021 is to lose the quarantine weight I gained in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> and and Sky viewers, this has been my time with the princesses of Disney, but it absolutely does not have to be yours. If you'd like to chat with our royal guests or shop our selection of personalized autographs, please head over to galaxycon.com. And while you're there, please check out our schedule of upcoming events like this one. Ladies, I have so enjoyed being the court gesture to your royal presence. Any <laughs> final words for our audience before we go? Just a happy happy new, year. happy new Year, healthy New Year. Love your family, love your friends, and it, it's going to be a lot better this year. I know it. I know it in my yeah. heart. Yeah, we all need to hang in there. We need to love one another. Think about one another. We need to mask up, keep our distance, take care of each other, and we're going to have a great 2021. So I'll be praying for everyone and God bless you guys. And I just want to thank everybody for being here. I heard we have over a thousand people with us right now. And I feel it. I feel the energy of all the people who shared up, showed up to share this moment with us. So thank Absolutely. you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Ted, we got a smile for a camera. We got a smile for a picture. Oh, okay. yeah. Who's going to take our picture for us? Casey? I'll do, I'll, I'll do a screen cap. Yay. Okay. okay. <laughs> and we got it. <laughs> Ladies, I have so enjoyed us. Uh, thank you for joining us again here at the GalaxyCon virtual stage. Thank you to our audience for joining us today. Thank you for all your great questions. Hope to see you all again next weekend, where we our first shows of the new year will feature cast reunions from Battlestar Galactica, Star Trek, Invader Zim, Justice League, and a goofy movie. Until then, bye-bye, <laughs> everyone. Take care, and please keep washing those hands. Thanks, Patty.